Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Different. Okay, I'm in. I Yay. see a big hair bun and I see some big black glasses. Oh, me. yes. Yes. Four eyes. <laughs> That's me. I like it. You're both the four eyes. I like it. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Jamie Derringer. And I'm Amy Devers. And this is Clever. Clever is a podcast in which we have conversations with the super smart people who are shaping the world around us through design. Today we're talking to Genevieve Gorder. You know, we all fell in love with her when she was on Trading Spaces. Mm-hmm. Since then, she's continued to capture our hearts and inspire us with a number of HGTV shows. Her latest being an inside look at the renovation of her own New York City apartment, Genevieve's Renovation. She's also done the White House Christmas specials for HGTV. Plus, we've got the inside scoop on how she worked for Prince. What? And we talked to her about the importance of being kind, how she's a born caretaker, um, creating meaningful design with a soul. And we even get her to pitch fake reality TV shows. So let's talk to Genevieve. Yeah, call her up. Oh my God. I just threw the craziest party yesterday. I I think we went through about 90 bottles of wine. (laughs) I'm recovering as we speak. I mean, we seriously had like 70 people yesterday. My Easter. Easter. And I, I throw every year. It's just like such a great excuse to celebrate spring. And it was a beautiful day because you know, when it's just right. And the electricity is right. And everyone just kind of floats. That was that day. You just, you can't plan it. It just happens. That's awesome. It was awesome. It's fun to finally talk to you, Genevieve, because I feel like we've probably worked with a lot of the same people, but I've never met you in person. Tell me exactly your HG relationship. I did a season of Trading Spaces the last season, but a lot of the same cast came back. And of course, Paige Davis and Frank and Hildy and all those people. Like the lost season. I I heard about that season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So speaking of trading spaces, um, let's just talk about that first, because that was such a big deal. Jamie and I have spoken about what a cultural phenomenon it was. And never before and never since will a home improvement or makeover show create such a huge wave of cultural excitement. And I mean, it was like the thing to watch on Saturday night. It had huge viewership. And 
I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it was, was all an unknowns, and then it yeah. it was huge. So we want to know what your life was like, kind of before, during, and after. Mm, trading spaces days. Well, I mean, like you said, Amy, it's um, it was a show that you couldn't really plan for because it was the first. Um, it was our first design transformation show in our country, and um, it. it you can only do that one time and be that you can only be first once. So when trading spaces came into my orbit, um, it was through um, a series of different strange happenings. I was working in a really prominent studio here in New York. I was 24 and I like thought I hit cash gold working at Duffy design studio, which was just like in our nerdy little design world, it was like everything. Um, and were you, you doing almost like residential or commercial or product? We were, I was doing graphic. Okay. I was doing product and I was doing commercial. Okay. So it was very varied, um, which very varied, which keeps me very interested. Um, I definitely am a cat with a shiny ball. So if there's something else to do too, I want to mm-hmm. do all of it. And it was that studio. And during the late nineties and early two thousands, it was crushing design in our country. So, um, I worked there and I had designed freelance. I had designed the Tanqueray 10 bottle because, you know, I was making 30 grand a year and I was hungry and (laughs) I did this job on the side. I hated gin. I was barely drinking age, but it won a lot of awards like nerdy awards that no one cares about. Um, but designers in, in our community and when they were casting trading spaces, they just happened to be looking exclusively at award annuals. Like how weird is that? And I get a cold call at my desk and I said, no, like, I don't want to be on, I don't want to be in Tennessee and right. work on a television show. Like I'm in New York and I thought I was real cool. Can I swear? Cause I really want to. Absolutely. Go for okay, it. Good. <laughs> I just thought I was shit hot, cool and design and I was making, you know, awards and whatnot. So I said, no. And then they sent me uh, the English version, which was called changing rooms. Um, which Trading Spaces is is based on and licensed off of, which is why you don't see reunion shows or more Trading Spaces stuff now because England owns it. Mm. Um, and what I saw was basically making design um, mass. It was making it approachable and doable and people deserve it and can afford it. And that's what design to me is all about. Um, how do we do that better so everyone can have it? So I thought it was a beautiful formula. So um, anyway... I decided to do it as my boss said, hey, I'll give you a six-month sabbatical. Go try it. I'll keep your insurance benefits going. If you don't do this, you'll kick yourself for the rest of your life. That's a cool boss. Wow. Yeah. He's like a mentor and a design godfather for me, and we're still friends. And he said, just remember to talk about me someday. What's his name, then? You got to talk about him right now. Joe Duffy. I've been talking about him for 20 years. Joe Duffy. <laughs> okay. Duffy design. They shout did out. Me. Joe Duffy. Yeah, there's, there's a shout out to my design <laughs> day. Um, but he was my real mentor and let me go mentor a country through these shows. So um, that's how it all got started. Did it? Well, I, this is a three prong question, but. Yeah. So, well, so I'm glad you answered that because I, I was curious, like what your life was and how this kind of came into your world. And, and then obviously it was an a a really abrupt change. So then w- did they fly you to Nashville or I'm sorry, to Knoxville? Knoxville. And then you started 
designing. Yeah, they flew like 5,000 of us out um, for these six positions. But you know when you just know that it's supposed to be your job, not in a way of like, I'm going to get this, blah, blah, but you just feel it in your bones, in your gut. Like there is a moment where I was auditioning and I believe I was with Ty and we were doing some like, what would you do with this space? And it was basically like a set that they set up kind of wrong. And we had to write it with our words. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm from the Midwest, so I'm just kind of no bullshit about everything. And I'm real straightforward um, in a nice way, of course. Um, <laughs> and they liked that. And I was also really, really young. So it kind of rounded out a group um, that they were thinking about. And I I like design and whatever I do, whatever, whatever I do beyond design is always about how can I help the most people? And that's just my MO as a human. And I I think you're wired that way or you're not, it doesn't make you any better. It it just makes you, you. And so this seemed like an incredible microphone to, um, to get cool stuff to everyone else. Cause it definitely wasn't feeling real cool in interiors. Interiors felt old and they felt very uptight and Southern and rich. And I was this, you know, designer from scrappy Midwest, um, worked at MTV doing design and went to art school in New York and kind of made everything myself. And so it wasn't a natural fit into quote unquote interiors, even though I was doing them, I was doing them in a kind of off the grid way, but I grew up doing them with my family. So it was real easy to then, you know, get into the mold. And then trading spaces blew the fucking doors off my life. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 there were no mentors. There was no one for, for you to look to, to say, okay, this is going to happen. Right. And this there was is no what pattern. No, there was Martha Stewart who like paved the road and then no one had driven, you know, on any of these roads yet. And so it was buck wild. Like I was, you know, I had a folder in my house that said, if I die, it was probably one of these guys (laughs) (laughs) because you became public really quick. It was kind of pre, it was pre texty email life. Even though we had email, we still like sent letters and postcards, you know, (laughs) early 2000s. Faxing. Faxes, right. (laughs) I would get like eight page single you know, spaced letters from weirdos all over the country. I mean, that was part of your life suddenly. And then it was tabloid. The show was so big that we were tabloid people as well, which was like, huh? You know, I'm buying Tostitos and someone's taking a picture of it and it makes a magazine. And you're like, I just paint stuff. Why is this happening? (laughs) (laughs) So we became really, really tight. The cast of Trading Spaces was like a lifeline me and the crew because we were going through this crazy shipwreck beautiful shipwreck um together and we all had to hold hands you know because no one else could really relate to this kind of life i was gone 25 26 days a month on the road um you know this became a new family and my rocket of success took off really early in life um and it wasn't like my peers who were 24 and so you yeah, lose did that a lot create of weirdness with your existing yeah. relationships. Sure. Um, and that's where you wish you had a community to reach out to, to say, Hey, what do you do when this happens? Yeah. You know, um, but no, it was just us. So we related to each other. 
Um, however, I was so young, I didn't really have any peers, um, my age to really to on the show, but, um, yeah, it was hard. I did lose a lot of friends, um, that those first couple years, cause you just weren't present and they didn't understand your success or what your life was. Um, I wouldn't tell people when I came home cause I just needed to go fetal and recover <laughs> and not talk, you know, for days. I just needed, you know, I had, you had to figure out the balance of what your life was because no one um, could show you how to do it right. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think we all lose friends. Like every five years, there's a filter of life. Mine just happened very, um, very young. And you know what? I would have lost them anyway <laughs> along the way, <laughs> but uh, it was a very expedited trip socially, but I also gained, you know, families for life. So it was, it was incredible. I don't think you just have one rocket in life. I think I've had the opportunity to ride so many, but my first one came really young. Um, and your ability to keep riding and seeing the cycle of how you come up and come down and, and plateau is, you know, how comfortable you are in your own skin. And that will determine really your longevity in this crazy business and, and how the world sees you. Um, so it's that I've just taken solace in, my family and how they've raised me and the groundedness of coming from where I come from. Okay. So okay. that makes a lot of sense. I was going to say, you sound like a very grounded person. And yeah. I also I, just feel kind of like a kindred soul because I'm also from the scrappy Midwest. And I also <laughs> went to art school in New York city. And where, where are you from? I'm from Ypsilanti, Michigan. And you're from <laughs> where in Minnesota? Minneapolis. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I'm a city kid. <laughs> so how did you, how is it that you were born and raised in Minneapolis? What, what's your family situation? Well, um, well I'm half Norwegian. And uh, so that half came a while ago. Um, all the Norwegians and Swedes came to Minnesota because they understood the weather and the land and how to farm it and how to fish it. So that makes a lot of sense. But they didn't really go anywhere else. There's a little group in Seattle and a tiny faction in Texas. But it is like so definitive of where I'm from. So yes, we're all tall and five tens, like average female height. And I'm not tall anywhere. You know, as soon as I leave, I was like, Oh shit, I'm big. Um, but <laughs> at home I was like definitely middle row of the class picture. Um, every, I mean, you've seen the mini series. It's like pear Bjorn Thor was my first boyfriend, but we're Midwest. So we have like this serious R and B, you know, music, history, lifestyle, culture, and Prince was our God. I worked for him mm. for a couple of years when I was underage and illegal, but it was awesome. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait a second. Yeah. Let's just talk about that for a couple minutes. Sidebar. Yeah. What? <laughs> Details. I worked for Prince. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I worked in restaurants since I was 14 and, um, you know, we were three kids. I was the oldest young parent. So we all got jobs. That was just it. So, um, but I was working in this really cool restaurant and everyone was like a good, I don't know, 10 years older than me, five years older than me. Anyway, I was on high school breaks and then into college breaks and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis would come through all the time. And, um, it was just that spot. And one night Prince's guys were coming through and, um, what the heck happened? Um, they hired a couple of the servers from this restaurant who are considerably older than me to work at Glam Slam, which was his new club. 
And you remember that song, Glam Slam? Oh, yeah. I remember he had one. He had a Glam Slam outpost in L.A. too. In L.A. Right. So ours opened first. And then he the the servers went there and kind of built up the staff and said, hey, Jen, do you want to come over? And so I did. And I was, you know, I was server. I danced. I did laundry. I did whatever he needed. <laughs> there was a bunch of us. But all I can say, it was an education that I probably couldn't have gotten anywhere else in my life. And I came to college like, and you got what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I was seriously like 40 by the time I got to college. <laughs> so you, you went to SBA, right? Right. I, so I had been, I got an internship at MTV and my, my boss was also a professor at SBA. So School of Visual Arts was cranking at those times, and, and there's still great school, um, and graphic design was boss. And mm-hmm. so I went to school full-time and worked at MTV full-time. So that was an interesting schedule. But, you know, I, I really lucked out in these like beginning jobs of my life. I had these incredible groups of people um, in, you know, the Gen X generation where we worked like we were hungry and we worked like crazy hard. And it's not saying that the generations don't now I'm not like that old lady, but, um, it was a time and it it was a different kind of working. Um, and I, I loved, I loved it. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Clever is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. A recent episode took Brad to Venice, where he connected with Eve Ubelman, a partner whose company, Econem, has developed a game-changing technique for creating digital architectural models so comprehensive they've been dubbed twins. During the relative quiet of the pandemic, Eve and his team used drone-captured photography and powerful AI to create a full-scale digital twin of Venice, a city threatened by climate change and over-tourism. On Tools and Weapons, Eve tells Brad how he's using this incredible technology to help preserve some of the world's most endangered cultural heritage sites in pristine detail so they can be studied and appreciated for generations to come. To stay current on some of the most innovative people working with AI today, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, clever listeners, we're getting excited for New York Design Week in May. This year will be better than ever. 
ICFF, North America's leading platform for contemporary design, will take place from May 19th to the 21st at the Javits Center in New York City. I'll be there, and I'm excited to let you know how Clever is collaborating with ICFF for Launchpad at Wanted, formerly known as Wanted Design Manhattan, and the Emerging Designer Showcase. Launchpad is an international platform for emerging designers that introduces new concepts and showcases prototypes of furniture, home accessories, and lighting. It is the best place for manufacturers to meet new designers, discover fresh ideas, and potential products to develop. The best of Launchpad winners will be selected by a jury of renowned industry professionals, led by yours truly. And they will go on to be featured in another edition of the popular Emerging Designers Showcase. I'll be leading the Emerging Designers Showcase live on the talk's main stage, where the five Launchpad finalists will have a chance to present their projects to our esteemed panel of professionals. It's always a really good time. So mark your calendars for Sunday, May 19th at 4 p.m. Both Launchpad and the Emerging Designer Showcase are presented with media partners Clever, that's us, and Design Milk, and with support from American Standard and Lumens. Visit icff.com to learn more and register to attend. Those are the letters icff.com. Come by and say hi. I would love to see you there. Support for Clever comes from Wix Studio. Instead of reading you another, let's be honest, boring ad script, Wix Studio just sent me this wild-looking Alice in Wonderland-themed website to scroll through and tell you about. So, whoa. This is not the web I'm used to. There's something called Mouse Parallax, which makes it feel like you can go deeper into the screen. And as I scroll down, it's like I'm falling down the rabbit hole. And things are moving in depth and perspective. Even my cursor has morphed into a glowing little orb. There are all these no-code animations that make this place feel organic and alive. And Alice is wearing some pretty cool shoes, by the way. Okay, I know I'm mixing up my narratives now, but we are definitely not in Kansas anymore. Your turn to go down the rabbit hole. Build your next web project on Wix Studio, the platform for agencies and enterprises. So, okay, so we've got a little bit of the background, um, where you grew up, how you landed in New York City, how you ended up on Trading Spaces. What w- What's the tail end of the Trading Spaces story? Because you left the show before the show left you, right? I left the show before the show was done. Yeah. So I, I believe the show had, let's see, we started in 2000. I left about 2006. And I think the show went on through 2008, correct? That sounds about right, because I was on the last season. Yeah, and that was 2008, yeah. What made you decide that you were just like, all right, I'm I'm done with this show? Um, there was a point, and I'm not going to mention names, but, um, there was a point when it stopped being about design and helping people. And I feel like with the success, the incredible success of the show, Um, the network was also diluting what made it successful. So it's, it's, you know, you get this group of people that you can't plan chemistry or, or success. It's, it either, it's like planning marriage. You don't know if they're going to stay the same forever. You know, it's a gamble. Um, and we had this incredible posse and 
they just kept building off of it. So it was like, let's add more friends to the show friends, you know, then it stops being friends and it becomes something else. And I was really there through the building of it and through its golden time. And so I knew it was time to go. So I went to town hall, TLC offered me my own show and um, you can't really say no to that. So I went off and did that show for three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then HGTV uh, took me away. So what an incredible ship to come in on. I'm very grateful. So you've done tons and tons of TV shows, but like, what is your daily life like not hosting stuff or not designing on TV? Mm -hmm. I mean, TV is just a, it's a small piece. It's the loudest piece, um, but it's probably like 20% of my job. You know, Um, the other part is, well now, and that's changed a lot, you know, since I began, when I first began, it was just TV. Um, now there's so many different layers. Um, there's a lot of product layers, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of which launches this year, um, and into next year. Um, yeah, that's been really fun and entertains, you know, my little art nerd where I can just draw and touch and be quiet. Um, and in my wormhole, like we all have that wormhole as designers where we, it rains and we're like, mm, I just want to turn on my music and make stuff and get weird. Um, so that's one layer. Um, as you get older too, it's, you know, you earn those positions that a 23 year old can't legitimately hold seriously. Like, do you want a 23 year old designing your kitchen? Not really, you know, and now that you have life experience, you're trusted. And then the charitable side, um, what are you doing to change the world with this microphone you've been given? You know, how, how are you making a bigger difference beyond yourself and your city and the money in your pocket? And um, that's been an incredible addition that I've been waiting for for a really long time. And I finally joined up with just the right partner and I've become a planet ambassador with Oxfam. So um, I'm doing a lot to push television right now with them as well mm-hmm. of how do we make home sexier? How do we make home more soulful and more cerebral? It's important to keep pushing. And I, I definitely have pitched a lot and, and run up against the wall, but have just recently found the little loophole. So it's really finding the right team, the right people with the right foresight and experience and that right channel. Mm-hmm. And when that all lines up, Oh, you got to ride that wild donkey. I'm, I'm Ooh, are, you, are you alluding to a future project? <laughs> I am. I'm alluding to a future project that, um, that definitely is under NDA. But all I can say is it involves um, a lot of work with uh, the refugee situation and um, travel and global home. And what is home? That sounds amazing. That sounds um, amazing. So yeah. And please tell me there's some wild donkeys in there too. There's just- <laughs> wild donkeys that I'm riding kind of all over the planet. So you'll see it soon. Probably on the channel you've seen me on. I want a tattoo of that. <laughs> you got to keep it fun and you got to keep it interesting or it all just feels like work, right? Right. <laughs> Put a wild donkey in there. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's we, a new addition. Go ahead. 
We have a lot of questions to ask you. I want to, <laughs> I feel like we could talk all day. Um, I want to learn a little bit more about what your creative process is like. Yeah. Just about any creative process or space. Yeah. I mean, do or... you, when you approach a project, are you like, oh, what are the budgets? What are the specs? Like, what mm. are you thinking? What's your first thought when you walk into a space and you talk to the people about what they want? Mm. For interiors. Okay. Um, I don't really like to know a lot of the technical other than I need to feel the space and I need to feel the person because what they need is always is usually something that they don't know how to communicate. And that's why you're there in the first place. But the quiet conversation is, um, really feeling how they move through a day. What kind of music do you listen to? Cause how you dance and how you flow and what that light is like musically is is a huge part of who you are when you get someone's playlist that's like their intimate junk interesting you know that's when I really understand somebody and so I'll often ask them to make me a playlist for their house um and I did that for my architects and my contractors so it's like we're a team this is what it's going to sound like and feel like when we're done because you can't words don't always take them there um so that I think is, you know, even more important than what books they have on their shelf into their inner being. And so, well, they're going to talk a million miles a minute about what they like, what they want, blah, 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 and their budgets and all of that. Um, I have to really boil everything down to its essence. And that's what design is really about. How do you say the most with the least? How do you do it clearly? And how do you do it really effectively? It's not about numbers. It's not about colors. It's really about how you layer and make that space dance. And that's, that's my delight in designing. I combine everything from my whole life to make spaces for everybody, including myself. It's a big fat fusion. And music is the first language I speak on everyone's house. Where's the pause? Where's the allegro? Where's, you know, where's the, where does the mic drop? You know, <laughs> that's how I see space. That's some good advice for everybody out there. Make your space dance. That's right. That's what design is. It's a dance. Are there particular challenges in your career that you really enjoy doing? And what freaks you out? Like what gives you a total panic attack? Uh, the challenge is pretty, is consistently the same in that in the construction world, and home building world, um, it's predominantly male. And mm -hmm. as a female coming into that, regardless of how successful or how known you may be, there's a challenge of having to prove that you know what you're talking about every time you show up. Oh, Is it redundant? It, sister. And, yes. Right? Oh. I, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I sit at the table and I have to take shit every time I'm put into a new building relationship, um, a, because TV is doubted as if, you know, are you really real? And I think that's totally, um, that's a fair doubt. Legitimate. Yeah. yeah. Fully legitimate. Cause a lot of us are not. Um, but at the same time, there's definitely some major misogyny going on. Um, so I, I try and enjoy it because I know what's going to happen every time. And I usually just deliver a line in the beginning. I say, look, we're doing this for TV and I can either make you look like a rock star or I can make you look really dumb. So it's your choice how you want this ride to go. So we're either going to hold hands and enjoy it and have a great time. Or I'm going to drag you through this tunnel kicking and screaming and you're not going to look good when you see yourself on TV. So let's have a good time, shall we? And <laughs> most of the time 
they'll figure that out. But I have to be a hard, a hard ass in the beginning, which is not my style nor my natural personality. I hate that challenge. I'm sick of it. But I know that this is my generation and my life. So it's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done pretty well considering. Well, I love how you just told off the contractor because I can relate to that. But it also gave me like a little bit of a window into the like tough mom Genevieve. Yeah, I mean, I'm raised by some pretty fierce females. And, um, you know, I don't fuck with me like that. You know, (laughs) I am a really nice chick and and kindness and and giving is my first you know, my first instinct to everything in life. Um, but if you're going to punish me because of what I look like or my sex or that, you know, you think I'm dumb because I, I'm on a certain medium or I look a certain way. Or because I you want to have sex with me and I don't want to have sex with you. Right. Right. Because, you know, it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very much like school, high school in that way. And I, I will, I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> I will break this 40. And then I would slice your neck with the broken glass. After you see my scrappy, like I was based in a different time. It was scrappy. You don't, don't make me get the box cutter out. No, like <laughs> just let's have a good time. Don't do that. So anyway, yes, I am a lion mom. I am a Leo. I am nice until you push me so far and it's gotta be far. But that then and only then the, cl- the claws come out when we're in the bleachers, not at first base bleacher time okay. but you'll know it <laughs> <laughs> and you have you have a daughter right speaking of being a mom I do I have an eight-year-old daughter and is are these the mom lessons that you're imparting to her like how to lead with kindness yeah lead with kindness always um you know when she says she has a new friend or she has a new crush it's always I say well what do you like most about this person and she'll say they're kind uh-huh. and that holds the most weight in our house And I think it's also the most underrated trait of human beings, period. It's what lasts the time, the the years, you know, looks fade, money fades, but kindness never does. You know, that's something to invest in. Is she a chip off the old block or is she some beautiful alien that you're not sure how she came to be yours, but she is? (laughs) Um, Good question. She's definitely... Uh, a chip like if there was a soul transfer okay (laughs) it happened um I'll never forget this time she was probably five days old I know maybe a little bit maybe five weeks old and we had her out and this man he just he must have been in his 80s um just kind of appeared out of nowhere white hair big brown eyes and he came up to me and he grabbed my shoulder and he said she has her father's eyes and your, her mother's soul. And he disappeared. And it was like, we just, sh- both of us, her father included, just like goosebumped out. We're like, that was an angel. And he was absolutely right. She does. Soulfully, yes. Um, but we are very different. Like there's part of her th- that is very alien to me. And so I have to honor those differences and really study her. And that's been, uh, that's been a joy. Um, yeah. So she is, I would say 75% chip off the old block and 25% her, her own alien being. Mm. 
you mentioned her father and Wikipedia says you have an ex-spouse and oh yeah I do have an ex-spouse <laughs> I have also have an ex-spouse so I'm not asking just to pry I'm I'm actually really really <laughs> curious if you had to go through this painful thing called divorce while you were in front of the camera or h- how you handled that because frequently it's the right choice to make but it's never an easy one no, I can't say that anyone's asked me that question before. So thank you for that. Um, I have done everything in front of the camera in my adult life because it's always been on, um, you know, all the hard stuff. It's something that I work is the counterbalance of anything hard. Um, divorce is hard. I, I think divorce actually isn't hard. I think it's all the years before you make that decision that are much harder. Um, this, it's always the, this, all the preparation before the storm. And then the storm comes and it's like, "Mm," you know, I was more scared before the storm hit. Um, yeah, it's like being nauseous before the throw up. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, you know, there's no one reason. And I, I don't consider it a failure. I think, you know, just because we leave one job and go to the next doesn't make that last job a failure. For some reason we kind of, say that about matters of the heart, which I believe it's all rungs on the ladder. I'm supposed to go somewhere. And this was a place I was supposed to be for a while, but not forever. No one wishes for divorce. And it wasn't the plan or the fantasy, but wow, am I happy I did it. And when I, when I hear someone got divorced, I never say, I'm sorry. I say, congratulations, because I know how many years it took you to make that decision. And it wasn't easy. And once you did it, then congrats. Cause you're in a different place. You're in a happier place. Um, and I am, I've been like a Phoenix since all of it happened. And since a lot of relationships have come and gone and I feel every time like, okay, I was supposed to be. And now what's next? I have no idea, but I'm so excited. Does that mean you're dating? <laughs> God, sure I am. <laughs> I actually have a boyfriend right now that, um, I have known for over 26 years. I met him when I was 15 and I was an exchange student and he came back and he flamenco stomped my life and said, I have been waiting for this moment for 26 years. You are the woman of my life. Close the doors. No more patients in this hospital. And I was like, <laughs> what? He goes, you take care of the world. Now you stop. Huh? And so I thought it was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, we're definitely dating, <laughs> but we've known each other like the majority of our life, which wow. is, yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, it's all been an incredibly unplanned and beautiful ride. That is a wonderful story. I love that you, you finished up the divorce question with a really colorful love story on top of it. And I love that oh, it's somebody from your past because I don't know, there's, there's definitely this feeling that people that have known you for a long time know the know the real you. And so when they come back into your life and say, I want to be a part of it, they're not they're not mm-hmm. fucking around. <laughs> you know, you're right. And I really um, the, the men in my life that knew me as a girl are the most powerful men in my life forever and have been probably the most powerful love relationships I've ever had. Um and that's because they knew you and define you as the rawest form of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. The part before success, when you were all on like the same stage doing the same stuff. And there's no other time like that in life than when you're a kid. 
and they'll tell you to just shut up and they don't, they're not scared of you. (laughs) And I like a man who's strong enough to say no. There's so much love after divorce than anyone who's thinking about it. Um, Anyone who's thinking about it should probably do it (laughs) because you just don't think about it if you're not supposed to, (laughs) but you always worry. There's nothing after that. There's, it's a beautiful intermission. If what you had wasn't working, it's the most beautiful intermission in life and you should take full advantage of it. Wow. You're thinking about that ladies, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's pause for a moment and just absorb that. No, I, I would agree with you. I had a very, very amicable divorce and I'm still very good friends with my ex-husband, but it wasn't working. And I agonized over it forever because my mentality is just that if it's I'm a problem solver. So I problem solved it to death and it just didn't get solved. <laughs> so I No, I agree with you. I'm a problem solver, too. That's our job. Mm-hmm. But I'd seen so many marriages that were sad. Um when I was doing homes that I just told myself, I'll never settle for that. And I'm also a child of divorce. So I was, I had a rough draft of how to not do it. And also knowing when it's time. And, you know, again, it's nothing that anyone wants or strives for, but when it's time to go, it's just like a job. you got to know when it's time to go because happiness is the lesson that we want to give away teach to our children, most importantly, above anything else, right? How to have joy, how to live joyfully. Hey, that brings me to the next question. Hit it. Name two things that bring you joy. I want to hear one simple and one profound. Mm, Okay, here's a really simple one because I just did it yesterday. I love throwing a beautifully curated all-day hangout at my house. I love inviting everybody I love choosing the music, cooking. I'm basically just a big, oozy, pulpy caregiver who needs that itch scratched regularly. And when I have a room full of people who don't know each other, all humming, like, you know, that humming feeling when everything's like just right and the sun's up and people don't want to go home and they're happy. Like that gives me such fullness. I love that. Um, okay. So that's my simple one. And then you want a profound one of what gives me joy. Mm -hmm. Um, it's being able to use all of my superpowers, my, my secret ones and my known ones for one thing that feels really important, um, on a global scale. And my work with, with Oxfam, um, in being able to, reach out and help refugees and talk about home, but actually use my heart and soul and put words to that to communicate to mass is like, that is a sincere and unexpected joy that's come into my life. Uh, Again, it's caregiving, but on a more cerebral and soulful level. And global level. That's very beautiful. Yeah. That's like, that is, that's what I'm supposed to be doing for sure. And so travel and using design and voice and heart globally is just like where I've been aiming my guns since I was a kid. And now it's finally happening. Um, So I'm excited to break boundaries with design television too, to take design to a really cool place. It's so cool. 
it's just not allowed to be on television, you know? I cannot wait for this, and I can't wait till you can tell us more about it. Mm-hmm. You two will have to do another chitty. Okay. I know that you're a runner, and I am too. And you even mm-hmm. have your own hashtag on Instagram, <laughs> GG Runnies. GG Runnies! Yay! Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple questions about that. So first of all, where's your favorite place to run in New York? You know, it's all about proximity for me, just because if it's not close, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I happen, right? <laughs> and I happen, as much as I could say, I love running on the volcanoes of Hawaii. I love running the West Side Highway in my neighborhood. So I run right along the Hudson through the gallery district of Chelsea where I live. I, I say hello to Lady Liberty every day. I love routine when it comes to exercise. It just mm-hmm. makes me so happy. How about you? Same thing? Yeah. Yeah. I just go right out my door. Otherwise I'm not going. <laughs> right. And it's, it's my one connect with nature every day living in such an urban place. Like I just need to smell water and see birds and see oh, I light. Bet you get such a good breeze there too. And that's so important when it gets hot in the summer. Oh yeah. It's so, oh my God. Cause it gets so stanky here, man. Uh-huh. Uh, as you know, but, um, it's also like my real time to be alone. I feel, I mean, I'm, I'm a real introvert, extrovert, sorry. I'm a real extrovert and I talk for a living. So to be quiet and, and just have my headphones on, like just being, I'm such a music nerd. Um, it's meditative. Like I just become, I think it's almost like I'm smoking weed. I think I'm so smart when I'm running and listening to music, it's like, it makes you feel so powerful too. You're like, (laughs) I'm such a badass right now. Like I could kick anybody's ass right now. (laughs) My ego is out of control. (laughs) It is. It is. Well, it is a drug, you know, running is all of those endorphins just kick up. And I, I've always, I come from a really physical family. So if, if I'm not physical, I, I become less creative I become less powerful in life. You know, I just, it's like eating. I have to do it. We have a really fun game for you to play that I love games. Amy I came love up games. with. And I'm going to let her go ahead and give you the whole premise because um, it was her idea. And it's awesome. Hit it, Amy. Okay. We're going to give you names for new TV shows that don't exist yet. And okay. you're going to give us the premise of those TV shows. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. It's all in the home improvement um, makeover genre. Surprise. Okay. First one is uh, Flipper Flappers. What's that show? Ooh, Flipper Flappers. Um, Okay. This would just be era specific real estate flippers. So we would just be dealing with pre-war homes um, and particularly those built in the golden area of the 1920s in America, which is a rich category of architecture. Wonderful. Okay, here's the next one. I love that. I would watch that show. I would watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, property Sister Wives. Ooh, lesbians. Um, lesbians. Oh, wait, Sister Wives. No. Okay, wait. Say it again. Property Sister Wives. Ooh, I stop for polygamy. If we had polygamy and real estate like crashing into each other, I would not be able to stop watching. So we're going to have, yeah, a village of ladies with that big puffy hair in the front and the headband and the big puffy sleeves mm-hmm. all decking out their compound. And we get to like be voyeurs on the real everyday life of 
sharing a husband between 10. I would, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> and it's usually on a tight budget. <laughs> a tight budget, but a, but a plain on a dress. Tight budget. A plain long yeah. dress. <laughs> Extra tight. Uh, they would probably have some pretty great tricks of like where they buy it. Cause they, they have to do such huge houses, you know, for mm-hmm. all those kids. That I I'm in. I do love watching polygamy. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and and like the life of porno people, because it's like it's definitely the road I didn't choose. Like <laughs> it's not right. So it's the other. It's uh, fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, you go, Jamie. You go. Hip hop flip a flop. Oh, that's my next show. <laughs> I am so down for some hip hop flip flop. I was thinking like hip hop home. Like, why haven't we done that show? Um, yeah, we're going to get into the urban life of the majority of, of how we live as a country, which is like 90% of us living in cities. Hip hop flipper. What is it? Hip hop flip a flop. Hip hop flip a flop. So basically, if we're going into the most urban neighborhoods of our cities, we're dealing with the finest architecture that we've ever made in our you know, history as a nation, we'd have badass music and we'd have the style that we all cop, um, regardless of where we live happening in home. Don, sign me up. I Can we have ep- epic rap battles too. Can we like put third base against Tribe Called Quest? Oh my and God. Do, like, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I, I wouldn't be able to host. Like, I don't care how famous you are as an actor. I don't care. We need to start a new TV network so we can have all these shows on. <laughs> Musicians, I get all weird around. <laughs> I'm in. Okay, the next one. Mm-hmm. Fix this cat. Cats are the most hit on subject matter on the internet. Yes. Yeah, so I hosted a show called Fix This Yard, which, as you can imagine, was a landscape makeover show. And I always thought the, that was the next... <laughs> The next most best extension of that would be Fix This Cat. What do you think that show is? I guess it's just like neutering, I guess. Yeah, DIY (laughs) surgery. (laughs) Oh, my God. We DIY dentist stuff. We I mean, everyone's got to make everything. We've taken it to extremes. Why not neutering? I think this would be on the animal planet. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) This is my favorite one, I think. Okay. I don't know. It might be tied with Property Sister Wives. Real tiny housewives. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know how people live in those tiny houses. I don't. It would definitely be flipping, <laughs> flipping tables, and you know, cutting a bitch. And then I would watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Real Housewives in those late hours of the night. <laughs> I'll admit it. You <laughs> could live in tiny houses too. Oh. That's rich. (laughs) That's rich. Well, this has been super fun and this has been a real treat. I'm so glad we got to talk to you so much. And we want to know, obviously, you have the Oxfam show that you can't talk about, that you have talked about, that we're really excited about coming up. But you also mentioned you had a lot of product launches this year. What what's coming down the pike? Um, Well, my textile line launches in June, which I'm so super excited about. I think we have over 50 new um, textile designs, which will be available to everyone everywhere. Like I said, in June, Um, I have a really big uh, all-inclusive line launching with Land of Nod um, next year. So everything for kid from forts to bedding to 
bookcases and desks and chairs and lights. I mean, it's everything. And it's been so exciting because um, kids are just my favorite clients ever. Um, and they are cooler than anyone. So they deserve the coolest stuff. Uh, also, bedding um, comes out this summer. Uh, I have a stationary line with Pear Tree. You can find all of this on my web website, you know, where to get everything. Um, and there's another thing I'm doing. What is that? Uh, oh, accessories. And they're launching later this year. So it's been kind home, of home accessories or fashion accessories? Home accessories. Okay. So all wall decor, the little tchotchkes of life. Um, so it's been a really productive year. I've just been like hibernating and making, and now everything is starting to be born. So it feels good. That's exciting. And people, you said you mentioned your website, which is? GenevieveGorder.com. But you know what I really love? I just love Instagram so hard. So just come to Genevieve Gorder on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, and you'll find everything that I'm doing always. I love how you live life. It's really beautiful. Oh, and this has been really inspiring. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a fun interview. Can you believe she worked for Prince? I wish I was that. That was my job during school. Oh, my God. You don't even know how that hurts me. (laughs) So jealous. (laughs) I wish. I wish. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. If you like Clever, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and sign up for our email newsletter at cleverpodcast.com. Yes, also on cleverpodcast.com, we're going to have the show notes, which will have pictures and more information on Genevieve. And on our social media accounts, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Clever Podcast. This episode of Clever was edited by Chris Modal of Your Studios with music by L1011. And a special thanks to Jenny Rask for our logo. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.